Good morning, Valley family. Welcome uh, to week number two in our series calling Team uh, Together, Everyone Achieves More. This is an old uh, kind of coaching acronym when I was a high school uh, football coach, and it's really, really true. We found out last week as well uh, that, that so much of the Bible is not written to individuals. It's actually written to the group, uh, us together. Sometimes, you know, we read through the Bible, and, and just a, a kind of uh, information, maybe you weren't aware, the Bible's divided into two sections, really the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, before Jesus is coming and after Jesus is coming. And, and the New Testament, really about 90% of the New Testament is not written to individuals, it's written to the group. The group, and so sometimes when we're reading through the Bible, we'll come across a verse and like, oh wow, that's a great promise that God's making. I'm going to claim that for myself, you know, just me, 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 Greg. But it's not written to individuals solo, it's written to us together. Together, everyone achieves more. And, and last week we talked about uh, together we were formed for fellowship. Uh, before I jump in the message today, though, I want to invite you back next week. And here's the reason why I'm not going to be here. That's why I want to invite you back. Uh, actually, Susie and I are getting some much needed vacation time uh, leading up to kind of the big Easter push. Uh, but, but we're bringing in a ringer, and that is uh, Pastor Stephen Francis is going to be guest speaking uh, next week. Many of you know him. And uh, he, he's going to be back. Maybe you don't know him. Uh, Stephen Francis was associate pastor here for about six years. Now pastors down in Brooklyn, uh, Liberty Church in, in, in Brooklyn in New York City. Uh, but he's going to be here all three services. So he's pinch hitting, but I'm sure he's going to just knock it out of the park. So you want to make plans to, to be here next Sunday um, uh, for Pastor Stephen. But today I want to talk about uh, together we experience breakthrough. Together, we experience breakthroughs. And, and specifically, I, I want to kind of prepare us uh, as a church for what's coming up two weeks from today, and that's going to be the start of 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, leading up to Easter. And, and we've done this uh, not every single year, but, but we've done this often through the years. And, and, and what I want to do today is maybe just remind us of some of the importance of prayer and fasting together. Maybe answer some questions. If, if you don't know much about it, maybe you're new to uh, Valley Church here. We, we, we've got all kinds of things, uh, tools that are going to equip you and just really help you uh, in terms of just joining us uh, on this 21 days leading up to our Easter time. Uh, John Wesley, the, the founder of the whole Methodist church, he actually put it this way, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. There's nothing you ever see God do on this planet that's not in response. It's only in response to believing prayer. And so that's why we wanted to take these 21 days leading up to Easter that's literally starting out on March the 19th through April the 8th as 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and maybe there's some things in your life that you, you're asking God to do. You want to see God do in your life. This is a great opportunity for it at a personal level. At the same time, at the end of this message, I want to share with you seven like, incredible opportunities that God has just placed right before us as a church family. And, and we want God, we, we just want to bathe these things, saturate every one of these opportunities in prayer and fasting. And so I'll be sharing those toward the end of the message today. Because fasting is just a, a huge, huge part of, of the Christian life. 
that maybe you're not aware of, but that's what today's all about. So what I want to do is, if you'll just to kind of indulge me, I want to coach you up on prayer and fasting today. And, and nothing gets me in that coaching mode more than we've done this from time to time. When, when I was a high school coach, when we would kind of address the team, we'd gather them all together, and then I'd say, three claps. And they, see, we got some people, uh, and, and that's what they do. They do three claps in a row like that, and it would just kind of like, it helps bring the team together, get everyone's attention. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you would just help me out here, get me in that mode. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. Now, now I'm going to do that throughout the message, and, and I'm sorry for those of you who normally come to church to sleep. It's not going to work out very well for you. I, I mean, you're only going to get like a few minutes, and then you're going to get startled again and something like that. You know who you are, and the rest of you think I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not. I, I have a soothing voice. It just always puts people to sleep like that. Three claps. Three claps. All right, so, so what I want to do is just coach you up on prayer and fasting, the importance of it, uh, and just answer three questions. What is fasting? Why fast? And, and then what are some Bible examples that will really inspire us when it comes to fasting? And then I want to share with you these seven amazing opportunities that God has, has really given to us that, that it's not even, it's not 10 years from now, five years from now, it's not even by the end of the year. It's like in the next five months, all seven of the, in the next five months. And that's why it's just so important. How many of you know that, that when, you're taking some, when, when, you're, when you're taking some ground, spiritually speaking, there's a pushback, you know? That there's a pushback. Uh, Jesus told us that, that we're to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what does that mean? That means someone else's will is being done on earth right now. And when you start pushing back our enemy's will, <laughs> the devil, that, that, that there's, there's some pushback as a result. And so there's spiritual weapons, the Bible tells us, that, that we have. They're not carnal, but, but they're spiritual weapons. And, and two of those main weapons are prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. And so I just want to answer some of these questions as we prepare ourselves two weeks from now to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. Three claps. Thank you, Paul. You were on that one, really. You were. Three claps. What is fasting? Here's the first question. What is fasting? According to the Bible, fasting means to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of food for a specific time and purpose. And purpose. There's, there's all kinds of fasting that have nothing to do with, with spiritual benefit. You know, one, one of the ways to just, and I kind of eat this way, I have for, uh, you know, a, a year or two, and, and that is just, just uh, uh, intermittent fasting. And some people just eat that way, and, and it's, it's worked out pretty well for me. But uh, that doesn't necessarily have any spiritual benefit whatsoever. That, that's more of just like a health thing, a, a physical thing. If it's not met with prayer, and, and if the time that you would normally eat is not replaced with something else, there's no spiritual benefit to it at all. But the Bible talks about mixing this whole idea of prayer and fasting together. In fact, look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. This is kind of crazy when you think about it. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus put it this way, speaking to his followers, and when you fast. Notice he didn't say if. He didn't say maybe if you ever get around to it. 
Or, you know, this is something maybe to think about you don't even have to do. He, he just assumed, every one of his followers, this would be a regular part of being a follower of Christ. When you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they'll ever get. But when you fast, so two times there, in the same conversation, he's like, when you do it. Not if, when. And so I think it's a really, really important question to ask ourselves as a follower of Christ, when, when am I going to fast? When am I going to do that? Because Jesus is like, you should do it. When you fast, comb your hair, which has been a problem for me for decades, Comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your Father, that's your Heavenly Father, capital F, who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. So fasting is not to be seen by other people like, wow, you're awesome, you're so spiritual. That's not what it's about at all. It's supposed to be something that's private, that that shouldn't show any difference really in, in your daily routine. Because it's not for someone else, it's for God. Fasting's never been a really easy thing for me. In fact, let me tell you about the first time I ever tried fasting. I was in a freshman in college. I went to a Bible college. That's where my wife Susie and I met down in Pensacola, Florida. And, and because it was a Bible college pre- preparing people for ministry, they talked about fasting, and, and I learned about fasting, and, and one of my instructors was like, when you fast, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 18, I've never done it, and, and, and he mentioned something, we had to pay for every one of our meals, there wasn't like a meal plan, you had to pay for every one, however, if you were fasting, our Bible college had this deal that if you were fasting, then, then you could go to like the snack bar and ask for juice, any type of juice that they carried, and you get that for free. You wouldn't have to pay for the juice. So orange juice, apple juice, tomato juice, whatever. And so I, I really felt like I needed to fast. I'd never done it before. So I decided to go on a three-day, nothing-but-juice fast, 18 years old. I'm an 18-year-old male that eats a horse and a half every day. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could just eat and never gain an ounce. You know, just, you know how teenage boys are, just all day long. And so I decided I'm going to go on a three-day juice fast. I just about died. <laughs> and, and I started it this way, though. I went into snack bar. It's full of people and all. I go up to the counter. And I'm like, <clears throat> I'd like three orange juices, please. And they're like, okay, that'll be, and whatever the amount, I was like, uh, <clears throat> no, uh, I'm fasting. That's what's happening. I'm fasting. Like, oh, you can have it free. I want everybody to know, like, just totally destroyed this whole passage. This is like what not to do. I'm, again, don't do this. I'm not saying do this. This is what not to do when you're fasting. I'm like, I'm fasting. And, and, and every, instead of going for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I use that time for prayer. And spiritually speaking, it was really beneficial for me, very beneficial to me as an 18-year-old freshman in college. I kid you not, again, this is what not to do when it comes to fasting. When I ended the fast, I was literally looking at the second hand on my watch, sitting in a booth at Quincy's Steakhouse in Pensacola, Florida, with sirloin tips and mushroom gravy, 
and yeast rolls and a big old glass of sweet tea. Don't do that. That's not what you're supposed to do at all. I mean, I almost make every mistake possible. And uh, so it's, it's not something that comes real easy or natural to but it's something that I found like it's, it's an important part of a Christian walk. It is just denying yourself something for a specific period of time and replacing that with more time with God, more time in prayer. Prayer and fasting. Jesus said, when you fast. So that's what fasting is, is eliminating something from your, your primarily the Bible talks about as food, but, but eliminating something from your daily routine, replacing that with more time with God, oftentimes in prayer. So that's what fasting is. Why fast? Why, why should we fast? Let me, let me give you a few reasons for that. But before we do, three claps. See, yep, they're dozing off already. Three claps. Here we go. Why fast? Fasting gives you more time to pray. Have you ever, ever wondered, like, have you ever said this? I don't have time to pray. Now you do. All you got to do is fast. You find time. Imagine if, if you don't pray at all and you fast, how long does it take you to eat a meal? Maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes? I mean, the actual eating part, not all the time, but 20 minutes? Now you've got 20 minutes a day to pray that you didn't have otherwise. Look at that. What, what is your life? How different are you going to be three weeks in, 21 days of prayer and fasting than right now at this moment where you feel like you may not have time to pray? You can use that time you'd normally spend eating as a time of prayer for what God wants to do in your life and through your life or, or in and through the Valley family during these 21 days. In the Bible, fasting is always connected with prayer. It's never, if we just fast without the praying, there's no spiritual benefit to that at all. Look at this example, Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 2. It says, and while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, this is the early church. This is about uh, 20 plus years into uh, the church, into church history after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. Think about this for just a minute. Had the early church never fasted and prayed, we would not know who the apostle Paul is today and two-thirds of the New Testament would be missing. It was after a time of prayer and fasting Paul and Barnabas were like names in the crowd. And the Holy Spirit said, lay your hands on those two fellows and separate. I've got a work for them to do. And because of that, two-thirds of the New Testament was written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through Paul, the apostle. It's mind-blowing. But it all started with prayer and fasting. Second thing is fasting demonstrates your desire when praying for something. It shows that you're serious about your prayer, serious enough about what you're praying about to pay even a personal price for it. In Joel, in the Old Testament, chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And this is interesting when he says to the nation of Israel through the prophet Joel. He says, return to me with all your heart. And in essence, what is that going to look like with fasting and weeping and mourning? He, he says, I can see when you return to me with all your heart when it's prayer and fasting, and in this case, weeping and mourning. And so fasting demonstrates your desire when praying for something. 
Number three is this. Fasting releases God's supernatural power. That, that's, what, that's what I need more of in my life. That's what I think you, you want more of in your life. I think that's what we want more of in this church, in our community. God's supernatural power. Satan would love nothing more than to cause division, discouragement, defeat, depression, and doubt among God's people. United prayer and fasting has always been used by God to deal a decisive blow to the enemy that we fight. It's a spiritual enemy. The Bible makes that clear. Look at this, Ezra chapter 8, verse 23. It says, so we fasted and prayed about these concerns, and he listened. God listened. I'll never forget, I saw this as a very young pastor in the 90s. There was a man in our church who worked for IBM, was an executive at IBM. He since has retired and moved south. But in the 1990s, uh, he was a leader in our, in our church family here, and his son was in the Army. He was a forward uh, infantry position in the Army, and Desert Storm happened. And, and he was sent overseas in Desert Storm. And, and again, a, a forward regiment there in the infantry. And, and he called me one day, and, and he said, listen, I have a request. It's a strange request, but just hear me out before you answer. I was like, sure. And, and he said... I'm wondering, could I use one of the offices in the church for an entire week, nine to five? And he said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to take a whole week of vacation from my job. And I'm going to spend the entire day prayer and fasting for my son and for his safety. I was like, absolutely. We moved some people around and all. And, and so nine to five, Monday through Friday, and then on Saturday as well. He just came, closed the door. And he just prayed the entire time. And he fasted. And, and, and that just said so much to me, just being aware of it. And I was really the only other person in the church that was aware of what was happening. Because the whole entire staff at the time was me. And, and, uh, but, but it just meant so much, like how serious he was about this. And, and thrilled to say that, that his son, he saw a lot of combat but he returned safely without any injury from, from that the war. And, and I think just so, so powerful, and what a heart. And it just said something to me about, so when we fasted and prayed about these concerns, God listened. God listened. And, and there's something powerful when we partner prayer and fasting together. And, and I think, especially as I share these, like, seven opportunities that are right in front of us as a church right now, it's like, we need to pray. We need to fast. We, we need God to move supernaturally in each of these situations. And, and I'm sure every one of us has situations in our own life that we want him to move supernaturally as well. And, and so fasting releases God's supernatural power. Here's another passage, and I think it's important in relationship to fasting. Isaiah chapter 58, the whole 58th chapter of Isaiah is all about fasting, the kind of fasting that God looks for, the kind of fasting that God desires. And listen to what it is. It's prayer and fasting, but here's to the point. God says, is not the kind of fast that I have chosen to loosen the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke. So, so prayer and fasting is meant to, to release people from the bondage that they're in, release people from the things that are holding them back from 
living the life that God created them to live. And Isaiah 58 just documents that. And, and, and again, when I share with you these opportunities, it's just like God's like, here, here. This, these are some things that, that I've done that, that I want Valley to be a part of, that I want Valley to move on. A, a big part of it is bringing freedom to people. We're bringing release to people. Exactly what this is talking about. Isaiah chapter 58. So it, it's not, prayer and fasting is about God I have some things on my heart that I want to see you do personally. But fasting is, is even more so. God, we as your church family here at Valley Church, we, we have some things on our heart that we want to see you do. But even bigger than that is, God, we want people to find freedom. The Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. And, and, and we want everyone to experience the freedom that Jesus Christ. It was for freedom that Jesus died to set you free, the Bible says. And we want people to experience that. And so that's always part and parcel to the partnership between prayer and fasting. So before I give you some examples of of fasting in the Bible that are really powerful, how about three claps? Three claps. Three claps. Here we are. What are some examples of fasting in the Bible? God's people fasted immediately, listen to this, before major victories miracles, and answers to prayer. It prepared them for the blessing God wanted to bestow on them. See, see, fasting prepares me. Fasting prepares we. Fasting prepares us for what God wants to do. Because all you got to do is you you miss a couple meals, most of us. you, you, You know what happens? All of a sudden you realize how powerful your flesh is. How strong your flesh is like, feed me now. I want food now. And it allows your, your, your spirit to really kind of like take control and take charge over your flesh. They're like, no, I'm not going to do that. So let me give you some examples of fasting in the Bible, powerful examples. Think about this for just a minute. Just let this sit. Moses fasted before receiving the Ten Commandments. What if he didn't? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what? we wouldn't have them. There'd be no Ten Commandments. Everybody just, there, there's no right and wrong. Everyone just do what you want. Look, look at what it says in Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. Moses was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. Now, this is a complete fast. I don't suggest that at all. Not at all. In fact, for most of us, I, I think if you eat three square meals a day, just drop it to two, something like that. But we have so much information on our website, a whole entire page with like seven different PDF downloads, more information you can possibly imagine about prayer and fasting and how to do it physically the right way, spiritually the right way, to really get the maximum benefit from it. But, but just think about this. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. That was after 40 days of prayer and fasting. Nothing at all. No food, no water. How about this? The Israelites fasted before a miraculous victory. Many of them. This is just one example. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 2. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already at Hazazon and Tamar, that is in Engadi. I went to Bible college just to be able to pronounce that stuff. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat's resolved to, inquire, uh, resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah, for the entire nation. 
He said, we have got to pray and fast because our enemies are great and there's no way we're going to overthrow our enemies without supernatural intervention. You can read the rest of the story of exactly what happened there. Really, really powerful how God moved. Daniel, in the Bible, Daniel fasted to receive guidance from God. How many times as a pastor, I'm always asked, so many times through the years, you know, I just wish I knew what God's will was. I just wish God would give me direction. I just wish that I understood what the next step is. What does God want me to do? Pray and fast. Pray and fast. Look at this. In, in Daniel, uh, go ahead and put that up there. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. It says, so I turned to the Lord God, and I pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes on behalf of the nation. Again, this wasn't Daniel. What do you want me to do? He's like, I need, he was a prophet of God. And he's like, I need the nation of Israel is in bondage right now in Babylon, and, and, and I need to be able to give them guidance and direction. God, speak to me. And so what did he do? He prayed and he fasted. And look at what God did. Just drop down a few verses. Next passage. Down to verse 21. When I was still in prayer and he was still fasting, Gabriel, that's an angel. An angel shows up in response to Daniel's prayer and fasting. Are you saying an angel's going to show up? I'm not saying that. I don't know that we should expect that. But listen to what happened in this case. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, uh, the man that I had seen earlier in a vision, this is Gabriel the angel, came to me with swift flight about the time of this evening sacrifice. And he instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have come to give you insight and understanding. In other words, he came to give him a message from God in response to his prayer and fasting. I just wonder how many times we're leaving this spiritual tool on the shelf. And we're wondering why we don't feel like we're getting the guidance from God that, we want, or that we're looking for. Prayer and fasting. It's a huge, huge key. And this is just one example of it in the book of Daniel. Here's another one. Nehemiah fasted before beginning a major building project. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4. When I heard these things... I sat down and I wept for some days. I mourned and I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah was another Jewish man, young man, who was in captivity. And he heard about, uh, he, he was in Babylonian captivity. And he heard about the, the walls over around the city of Jerusalem had been completely destroyed in his homeland. And his heart broke about this, and he wanted to go to the king and say, can I go back with a small team of construction workers and rebuild the walls? And he was afraid because the king, if you just walked in there, like the king would just like have you dropped in a minute if you walked in there like unannounced. And so he is praying as his heart's praying, and he fasted. And the rest of the book of Nehemiah is this. The king said, not only am I going to let you go, I'm going to give you all the supplies, all the equipment, everything you need to accomplish that building project. But Nehemiah first prayed and fasted. He prayed and fasted. Jesus fasted during his victory over temptation. Luke chapter 4, verse 2. For 40 wilderness days and nights, he was tested by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when the time was up, he was hungry. 
I'm not, I'm not recommending to you 40 days and 40 nights. We're only doing 21 days, and I'm not recommending, like, no, no food. I do know personally I have friends that have fasted 40 days and 40 nights on bread and water only. Their teeth start getting loose and, like, falling out. And stuff. Like, it's like you shouldn't, don't do that. Don't, don't do it. But it's hard to even comprehend the level of where Jesus was when Satan came at the end of those 40 days and 40 nights to tempt him. And how did he resist? It wasn't through physical strength. It was through spiritual strength. And what did he say? The devil said, this, you know, the, the Bible says it, and he was like, it is written, and he quoted God's word to him. Out of his own spiritual strength, they'd been strengthened, even in a time of fasting. And he was able to resist the temptation that Satan was trying to get him to fall for. So Jesus himself did. Early Christians fasted during decision-making times. And, and we read this earlier. I just want to point it out again. Acts chapter 13, verse 2 through 3. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. You know, one of the things coming up uh, on March the 26th that we're real excited about, we're going to be adding two new uh, elders to, to our board of elders here at the church. At Elder is a, is a spiritual uh, office uh, that really helps me to just make some of these high-level decisions on the behalf of the church, a 30,000-foot view. Uh, two men that, that, that we're really excited about bringing on to our board of elders. Uh, the first is Aaron Johnson. And many of you know Aaron Johnson's been around for a long, long time. And the second is Derek Lavery. Uh, many of you know Derek as well. And they're going to be joining that team. And so at our noon service, we were talking about what leadership looks like in the life of the church, uh, all three services. But at the noon service, then we'll have Derek come up with his wife and, and, and Aaron with his wife. And we'll have hands on them to, to, to really serve beside me as, as elders uh, as well as Chris Kelly, who serves as well, and Terry Wright as well. Uh, ongoing, absolutely. Because let me just share with you, like, some of the stuff that, that's coming down the pipe here, uh, these seven opportunities. And this is not an exalt. It's not like I'm going to share with you these seven. These are new things, with the exception of one. These are all new opportunities that have come to us. And again, like, in the next four or five months, this is going to happen. And, and they're major and that's why we need to pray. That's why I'm asking you to pray. That's why I'm asking you to fast, Valley Family. Because, you know, we, we like to say sometimes the best is yet to come. Well, guess what? It's here. It's here. And we just want to make sure we just soak this in prayer and fast in everything we do. So let me share with you some of these. The first one is uh, our, our partnership with Equip 210 in California as we'll be opening an educational, an alternative educational opportunity for children, kindergarten through sixth grade, right here in the fall with live instruction. Really, really excited about that. We're, we're praying for 50 kids, 50 kids that to start the school uh, you know, semester in September right here. And then next year, we're going to add, it's K through 6 initially for the first year. And then the following year, we're going to add 7th grade through ninth grade. And the following year, 10th through 12th grade. So we'll have kindergarten through 12th grade, an alternative education opportunity that's worked incredibly well out in California. And we have this partnership. And it came to us. We weren't looking for it. It came to us. 
And, and we just want to do all I can. It's not for everyone. It's just another option uh, in terms of education for our children. And, and we're so excited about it. We just want to soak this in prayer, saturate it in prayer. That, that's the first. The second one is our Guatemala mission trip that's coming up in August. And Angela Kelly is going to be leading a team of 15 people down to Guatemala. Uh, and this is the first of many mission trips. We already have four of them already scheduled uh, over the next 18 months to Guatemala. With this partnership, but again, another strategic partnership uh, with Living Waters Ministry. Listen, they feed 8,000 kids a week. 8,000 kids a week. And, and in the Valley Family, you're going to have an opportunity. Um, not everyone can go in August, but we're going to keep doing that. And then they also have a whole feeding ministry, and that 8,000 total is also in Albania as well. Next year, Susie and I and the Kellys, we're going to go to Albania, fact-finding trip. And then we're going to start establishing short-term mission trips to Albania as well, just feeding children. And we, we feed people here in, in Dutchess County, and, and we're just we're, we're going to help feed people all around the world. Great opportunity, but we just want to soak this in prayer. It is so incredibly important. The third thing is we're currently in negotiations for an adjacent piece of property for our church right here in Hopewell Junction so that we can expand uh, even greater. And really excited about that. And we're asking you to pray about that. It's a half-acre piece of property that will allow us about 30 more parking spots, which would be really fantastic. That's what we run out of all the time. Many of you actually know that this building next door to us, uh, Unshattered, we've owned that, but we own that building, that property for the last 10 years. Uh, Unshattered, they actually have bought a piece of property they're developing, and they're going to be moving out in April. And so the plan is we're moving all of our church offices next door so that all of our current classrooms can be used for this school that's starting in September. And so we're really excited, like just timing and all this stuff, how God has just allowed these things, things we can't do. Things we couldn't make happen, that God's just fitting the pieces together. And, and we're currently in negotiation for another piece of property on the other side uh, that, that, again, would give us even additional parking. If we get that and what we're going to do with repaving unshattered and connecting those two parking spots together, it'll be 45, maybe 50 more parking spots every single service that we have. Then we have, we're working with an architect and an engineer of how we can expand even the auditorium here by opening up a balcony that can originally seat 100, then 200 more people right here without changing the dynamics of this room at all. Where we can just reach more people. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to be really happy to not have to preach three times every single Sunday. <laughs> but we need to pray about these things. If Nehemiah prayed about building the walls around Jerusalem, a building project, we need to pray about this too. And so, so pray and fast about these things. Here's another one, our freedom groups. Uh, we, we have so many people that are involved in our freedom small groups right now. We'll be offering them again in the fall. But one thing you may not be aware of is 12 weeks, 12 meetings with your freedom groups. We're hearing like in, in general, I'm hearing so much like amazing things that God's doing in these freedom groups that, that we've been working behind the scenes for five years to launch these. What you may not be aware of is that every single person that's in one of those freedom groups, the way that the, the group ends is with a freedom conference. And we're flying in a special team from Pensacola, Florida, that's going to lead that freedom conference for all those that have completed in their freedom groups. And, and, and just to bring freedom in every area of the people's lives that are a part of that freedom conference at the culmination of those 12 weeks. And we want to we just soak that in prayer and fasting as well. That, that people... It is powerful when people begin to put in the past the things of the past in order to be in the present who God's created us to be all along. And so we just want to saturate that with prayer and fasting.
Next opportunity is Love Your City uh, Week, coming up July 17th. I, I was on a Zoom call recently with, with pastors from all over the Hudson Valley. And already we have, I think it's 10 that have signed on. Valley is one of 10. Where we're partnering together all up and down the Hudson River churches, there's going to be more and more. I wouldn't be surprised if there's 50 churches by the time this is over, by the time it really rolls around. And the single focus of that week is to get outside the doors of the church and to just show compassion and generosity in our community, show the love of Jesus Christ to our community. We do that all the time on an ongoing basis, but it's a targeted week, uh, literally a Monday through a Sunday to just that week of July 17th, and there's going to be like an event every single day during that week just to show generosity and compassion and the love of Jesus Christ and partnering with these other churches up and down the Hudson Valley. Listen, I've been here, May's going to be 33 years I've been a pastor here at this church. I've only seen three times something like this happen in in almost 33 years. This is the fourth. We need to pray. We need to pray. We're going to be looking for teams. We're going to be developing all that stuff. You'll hear more and more about it. Love Our City Week, July 17th. Here's a crazy opportunity that I want to ask you to pray, that it is more uh, kind of like a personal level, but it has to do with you too. Uh, Susie and I are going to be going to Germany on a mission trip uh, in June. And, and she has, Susie, her mother is 100% German, and her parents met over there in Germany, and she has a lot of family there. So we're going to go a week early, spend some time with her extended family. But then Susie and I are speaking six times while we're in Germany, ministry. She's speaking three times, I'm speaking three times. And, and, and we're going to be apart. I'm not real happy about that. But we just want to make the maximum impact while we're there that we can. I've been asked personally to speak to a group of CEOs and executives in one particular city in Germany, the CEOs and executives of Adidas, Puma, and Siemens, the largest corporation in all of Europe. And the whole focus is to just share with them, as I lead this Connexus Leadership Network and have since 2015, how to be salt and light in the workplace Monday through Friday. And I just ask for your prayers about that. These are some folks, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I'm like, Ooh, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. But they ask, would you come and just share what you're doing in Connexus Leadership Network in the United States and would you begin and start it in Germany? I mean, this is stuff like, you can't make this stuff happen. But, but God's just like, this is what I want, this is what I have for you. We need to pray and we need to fast. And here's the final one and, and least, it's last but certainly not least at all, our four Easter services. <laughs> our four Easter services, we're, we're coming into... This time we're going to have four on Easter Sunday. We're going to have an earlier service at 7.30 in the morning. We're going to have a little continental breakfast for people that come. You come at 9, you get nothing. Yeah, 10.30, eh, noon, eh, maybe. But, 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 uh, but four services because we just want, we want to fit as many people as we possibly can. And they'll hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And we're just believing, just like Christmas, we have like over 100 people receive Christ every Christmas. We're just praying for for like 100 people to to just receive Jesus as their Savior for the first time over Easter. It's not going to happen if we don't pray. We want to pray. We want to do everything we can. And then we want to trust God to do what only he can. And so those are just seven things as a Valley family that I'm asking that we would just join together and pray and fast about. And so please follow us on social media. What the 21 days of prayer and fasting is going to look like, we always have our Saturday morning prayer, which is powerful. And I invite you to come to that, especially during these 21 days. 
But, but every single day through Facebook and Instagram, we are already preparing, pastors on staff, a daily prayer focus that you'll receive every single day for 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it'll just help you. It'll be kind of like a little prayer starter, a catalyst that will help you to focus on how to pray each and every one of those days. 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'll tell you, we, when we hit Easter, I, I can't tell you the level of excitement and anticipation that I really have about what God's going to be doing in just these seven things and so much more. Here quickly, two cautions I want to give you real quick. First one is this. Remember, fasting is not earning an answer to prayer. That's not what it is. God cannot be manipulated by human effort. God wants to answer our prayers, and, and he answers out of grace. Fasting simply, are you ready for this? It prepares you and me for God's answer. That's what fasting does. It prepares you and me for God's answer. Here's the second thing. Fast only if your health allows it at this time. Maybe your health does not allow you to, to, to skip a meal or, or something like that, but maybe what you could do is you could dial back how much TV that you, you watch. Maybe, maybe you could dial back how much you, know, you do of something else in your free time, and instead I'm going to take that time and I'm going to use that for prayer instead. And I want to share with you, we've created a whole entire webpage, uh, and if we'll go ahead and put that up, about 21 days of prayer and fasting, and there it is right there, valleyny.cc slash 21 days. There is more information on that, downloads, uh, those seven things I just gave you, they're all on there, just so that you can be totally equipped, you can even scan that QR scanner, those of you that know how to do that, and uh, it'll take you right to that page. It's just an incredible resource, it's going to be on your, you know, you can just pull it open on your phone wherever you are so that you'll know and you'll have everything that you need so that we together can pray and fast. Do everything we can and trust God to do what only He can. Together, together, we experience breakthrough. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for these tools that you've given to us like prayer like fasting God there's so much all throughout the word you know as your people have united their hearts for a specific purpose to pray and to fast and then God by your grace you moved so Father that's what we're asking Father, I pray you just speak to us over the next couple weeks as we prepare as a Valley family for these 21 days of prayer and fasting. God, we just pray, Lord, that at the end of this time, Lord, when, when Easter, when the Easter sunrise happens, God, we wouldn't be who we are right now. Our trust in you would be so much greater. Our, our faith in you would be so much greater. Lord, our, our roots would be so much deeper in you. We're going to give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Lord, we thank you for these opportunities that you placed before us. God, we don't want to take it. We don't want to take a step without prayer and fasting coming first. Thank you, Father, that you hear us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as is kind of our custom here at Valley, I want to speak one of the many blessings over you that's recorded for us in the pages of Scripture. God gave this particular blessing, and, and he said, when these words are spoken over my people, my name is being put upon my people. So if you'd like to receive this blessing right now, I just invite you to open your hands like you're receiving a gift from God. 
Because these words that I'm honored to speak over you right now truly are a gift from him. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. God bless you, Valley family. Have a great week.